three, two, one. Come on. Brothers, my brethren, sisters, family. Uh, some personal news. Um, just finished marinating some lamb leg steaks. You know, fresh off an afternoon paddleboard. Really living the south, the Southern California lifestyle. But uh, but first off, before we, we get into what we're here to talk about today, we've gotten countless DMs about what happened to Colin last week. And is it in fact true that he is too corporate for Builders Build? Uh, and we want to go right to the source. James, can you James explain what happened to Colin last week and why he wasn't on our last episode? I mean, candidly... Sometimes a star gets so bright, it gets so bright that it sort of shines too bright and it, it explodes. And that's what happened to Colin. Colin was 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 transported to Austin for for South by, and was invited to uh, to speak on a stage. And when that happened, he sort of made the decision. I guess his team, mostly his manager, his agent, his lawyer, they all made the decision that he Great probably record. was above the pay grade for the Builders Build Pod. I think right. Or Colin, and so are you saying that, that his star became a supernova? A supernova that sort of encompassed yeah. all the other stars and planets around it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Is it technically a supernova? Or no. <laughs> never mind. It's, it, it's a it's a it's a red giant, right? Or a gas giant? Yeah. Yeah. The, gas right, giant. Yeah. Uh, look, uh, not not everyone here minored in astronomy on the pod, but maybe some <laughs> of us did. Uh, all right, now but we are we're, we're back. Builders build episode five, and we are doing it's a follow up to our uh, buying digital assets online. This is this is the DAP pod or digital assets post-purchase pod, where we're going to roll into, if you have an asset, whether it's something that you bought or something that you built, what are the growth levers to take it on? So this is great for people who have purchased a digital asset online, or if you just have a business that you've just started and you're at you're at step one, or if you're in an existing business now and want to evaluate it, we're going to talk through, like in brief, a lot of growth levers, monetization levers, and long-term goals for uh, working with your business or kind of any kind of digital asset online. So excited to go super, super deep into that. Um, there might be a astronomy extended happy hour break later on where we discuss, you know, favorite constellations, you know, uh, Galileo, you know, yeah, someone who's had a positive impact in all of our lives. Just so I can, I just want to like completely squash the rumors about me going too corporate. If you are not currently watching and just listening, <laughs> I came it's back here. in the, I came back in the business hoodie just to make sure everybody knows what time it is. Business hoodies on. This would look, this is the line where did he hang up the business hoodie for good? Did he go, you know, suit or, you know, suit and shorts like the Tom Brown, you know, I, it's, it, it, we, we had to see where it was, but look, the business hoodie is back. It's irrevocable. I'm going to put down our t- uh, builders bill gavel and say, Landforce didn't go to corporate Landforce is still here. Landforce is still here. Boom. Let's go. Bow, 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 bow. All right. So di- digital assets post-purchase Uh quick, quick recap, James, what exactly are, Digital assets, and what are we considering this kind of asset class? And then let's dive in. I think we're, I think we're, it's sort of a broad, vague concept, but I think for us, what we spoke about are sort of websites, social channels, newsletters. Um, I think we're starts bridging into the Web3 space a little bit, but we won't dive too much into that here today or the, or the most recent one because that's just its own deep dive pod. 
but sort of what are these sort of micro, and they can be massive, but starting micro businesses that only exist online. I think that's the real key thing here, right? Is that the, or they're digitally native. That's, that's actually probably a better way to put it as opposed to like only online, digitally native. So websites, social channels, newsletters, Anything else, you guys? Am I missing something? Well, I think here, this I think as I look at the outline of what we have for the pod today, this is really focused around the website. I think so. I think maybe we hit we hit from that angle where we say, hey, if you have purchased a website or you have been growing a website and want to monetize it, or you have a website that is monetized and you want to get it better, this is about what are the things you can build around in a web presence to to expand it. Is that is that fair? I think so. I think that's. Uh-huh. It makes sense. I mean, considering I think I wrote this outline, it probably is just about websites mostly. Well, I hope it makes sense. And I hope it makes sense too. But this is something I think we've talked in previous pods. Like we all, you know, uh, and I, and maybe this is actually worth a little bit of an intro on something I see kind of thrown out there, the encouragement to just write a lot online and just say, hey, let's put out a thousand words a week, 10,000 words a week and just put things out there into the universe, especially if you're already on Twitter or on these social networks, like creating a website around that. So you, you can get organic traffic, you can get results coming in off Google is like, any of those things is something to amount to an asset that you could put through this system. Is that fair? Yeah, I think so. I, I think I think I want to uh, emphasize too, just on the whole topic in general, the premise here is cash flowing, right? Yeah. So I think I think yeah. there are a lot of, uh, you know, maybe we won't label them digital assets for the sake of this conversation, but there there are a lot of things that you can buy on the internet and hold and and presumably have value, but we're really talking about ones that are making money that are cash flowing. And this monthly. is about making cash or making uh, or, or scaling traffic and that leads to making cash, right? So either you're sure. you're putting in things like affiliate links or ads or something like that that's going to actually monetize or you're getting subscribers or traffic that you're planning to use to sell something tangential. So maybe, maybe let's kick in. Maybe let's just talk about if you have a, whatever your website is, whatever your kind of digital property is, if, if we want to start evaluating it and look at what are the growth levers? What is it going to use to take it to the next level from where you inherited it or where you built it to? You know, what, what do we have? It looks like so, the first one listed is SEO. I don't know if someone wants to jump in there yeah and talk i've got about that. i've got some super top of mind for this i've been throwing screenshots of graphs into the group chat with you guys like all week and, and getting no responses at all so i'll take this <laughs> chance to uh <laughs> to talk about it even more so I've, i think i've probably talked a couple of times about card value this little ebay search app that i made a year ago now right so i guess the conversation here and, and the breakthrough here is around uh long tail and I'm not sure if programmatic really applies here, but long tail and like more or less automated SEO. So let me give a, a brief overview. So cardvalue.io is this little tiny web app that you search for and it shows you recently completed uh, listings for the trading card that you search for. So my use case was basketball cards. It could be a Pokemon card. And honestly, it could be anything on on eBay, right? So I searched for Luka Doncic, uh, Prism Rookie, boom, and it shows me recently completed ones. Um, the monetization that I have on that is now, okay, you click on one, you go to eBay, and I'm getting a commission on anything that you buy on eBay for the next 24 hours. Great. So I had that up uh, uh, for like a year, pretty much an afterthought. It's made between like 300 and a 1000 bucks a month since it's been up for like just over a year now. But two weeks ago... Uh, two weeks ago, I had my developer go and take every search that is made, every search term that is typed in, now creates a page on the site when you search it that is that can then be indexed by Google, okay? So this is 
the, the site is very small right now, but this is so in two weeks, 1300 searches have been performed. That means 1300 pages have been created. 35 of them have been indexed by Google. Okay. Um, and all of this is happening completely. It's just happening, right? I'm, more and more content on the internet. And they're all super long tail terms, right? I'm never going to rank for Luka Doncic rookie card, but like, 2018, 2019, Luca, Prism, Rookie, you know, blah, 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 the super long string, we're in the game. And those that traffic is bringing in people. They're clicking on eBay. They're buying stuff on eBay. And it is working. That's the end of the rant. But long tail, programmatic. And so that's something where you, you took, just to kind of clarify on this. So basically, you had a site where people weren't getting, it wasn't getting a ton of organic search traffic, but it was getting traffic from a number of kind of referral places. And then once it, it had started getting that traffic, you took basically every single term someone was searching for and had developer manually spin up a page for that for those results. Is that something that someone could could automate and say, hey, it's going to auto-generate a page for all that? I assume that's how some of these kind of more, you know, no, that, uh, no, that's what it, savvy content sites work. Yeah, exactly. That that's I wonder what a good example of that is on a bigger site. But it's yeah, every so when you search, you're shown a list of these results. And all we did is make it so instead of you seeing that on um, on the homepage, you're now seeing it on this this URL. And then once um, you get the URL, that then is kind of sitting there inside the yeah, internet so it, being indexed and whatnot. Exactly. And it may or may not be indexed. And I think the long tail SEO, you know, super long tail, shout out Chris Anderson, king of long tail um, from our past. But uh, I, I also have a friend who sells auto parts on uh, online. And his long tail is bananas. This is like 1987 Chevy small block you know, intake manifold, that kind of that kind of stuff. Um, there, there's so much money to be made in long tail. And I think that, so getting back to something tangible here, um, anything that you could buy and grow or, or just buy outright, uh, getting down into those weeds of less competitive keywords that have smaller traffic that you can dominate with little or, or in this case, no effort uh, can be super, super rewarding. Mm-hmm. And so this is and so, so an example of a tool for this uh, tool that I know I think all of us use is called Ahrefs, A-H-R-E-F-S. Uh, and so it's something where you can go in and you can monitor an existing website and how it changes over time. Really, when you're looking at something like this, you can just go to what's called the Site Explorer and type in the domain of the website. And then you can actually see you know what terms it ranks for and where it is in that rankings, um, as well as kind of backlinks and other things. But since you can type in almost any website, What's interesting is is view you know by a dog frisbee website for example and you want to look at other dog frisbee websites and see what terms they're ranking for you can kind of go and actually input that website look at where they're at and then whenever you click a term it shows you similar terms and search volume and so when we talk about that when we say term that's something someone's searching for when call mentions long tail it means instead of searching for one or two word terms in Google you're searching for four or five word terms in uh, in Google like basically an extended phrase versus a short phrase and then a tool like this will give you volume so it will it'll give you an, uh, something like hey there's 100 people searching for this a month, roughly, or 300 or 500. And it'll also give you its difficulty and say, hey, this is an easy term to get on the first page for. Not many people are fighting. Or, hey, this is a hard term. Good luck. And that's kind of really helpful when you're making an SEO plan. You can then judge, okay, is this term likely someone who's going to be interested in what I'm doing? How hard is it to get? And then how much volume is it? And it helps you prioritize what content to make on your site. My yeah, man, I mean, breaking think- it down. Yeah, it was like a very, I was going to say, it was a really like a good detailed explanation of it. I think... I'm not a, you know, it's funny, Colin actually does a lot of preaching about SEO. Um, like, it's, it's something I see you talk about a lot, Colin. And uh, and I think it is the sort of really overlooked sort of uh, tactic in most people's, you know, tool belt, so to speak. 
Um, and I think it's because it, it's 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 a slower burn, right? It's not like that quick hit. I mean, I know that I'm really impatient, and um, and so I was when I was younger, and even most of my life, been mostly paid ad stuff or like uh, uh, social stuff where you can see results immediately. Um, and with the SEO, uh, one thing I do like about long tail keywords, right? So keywords that are like easier to rank and are normally, it's funny because I was just looking at the actual definition of long tail and it has to do with like an actual chart and a distribution and like the tail of the, of the chart and like how much is, is, uh, how much is searched for or used in products and the tail is the, is the less used stuff on the far end of the chart. Anyway, um, you're much more likely to see quick results going after long tail keywords than after these sort of, uh, shorter, you know, super, super, uh, buyer intensive keywords. So like, you know, uh, like I would never, I would never try and rank for, um, I don't know, digital online pharmacy, right? Like as a random example, it would probably take you, you know, million, I bet people spend, or gambling affiliate sites, right? I bet people spend like hundreds of thousands or millions of dollars a month. Right. I'm not even kidding. Trying to rank for like, uh, like online poker. Doc, you know, just the term online poker, because if you can be number one for online poker, I'm sure you're making tens of millions of dollars a month, which is an obscene thing to, to think about, but it's probably true. So looking for like, what is the best, you know, trying to rank for a search term, like what is the best online poker uh, casino that takes ETH from a MetaMask wallet, right? That'd be the long tail keyword there that you might have more of a chance ranking. Yo, with the, with the pharmacy example, I think like the, you know, the medication and dose. So not sure. just... Not just the Adderall, the Adderall XR 20 milligram capsule, right? <laughs> like, like that, maybe not Adderall, but there, I bet in that example, like there's a lot of those you just go grab. And I think something that's key here is you can't dump energy into these long tail pages because they are very small volume. Like you need sure. to have an approach that, that you can just throw out a hundred of these and see what starts picking up and then make decisions about what to dive into and put more energy. And a really common one to do that attaching on is regions. It also makes a lot of sense if you have like an agency sure. or a small business, you know, for instance, I'm actually in the process of doing this, redoing this right now for our, our uh, this product development agency that I own a chunk of in, in Austin, but we're, we're literally saying, Hey, we're actually, we rank for a bunch of these interesting product development terms, but they're all generic. And we're realizing that most of our business is happening locally in Texas. And so it's like, all right, we just need to optimize for people searching for rapid prototyping help in Austin versus rapid prototyping help overall. And while we wanted that traffic and it was great to grow our subscriber list, the conversion to clients is so much larger when they're local. And so there's things like that to look at as well. And uh, that I think is, is really relevant. Um, and then for anyone who's building their presence online, you know, it's worth just doing, you know, uh, just to give you a breakdown, some basic tasks. Like if you have a personal website and again, this is fresh in my mind because I'm like updating a personal blog right now. It's like, take the time to fill out a full title of what you're working with, to fill out the meta description of the page of what you're working with to ensure the terms you're looking to do are reflected inside the page and inside the title. It's pretty easy once you break it down, but it's just remembering to do that stuff. And people will start writing online, but then not do the basics to optimize. And that's the, all the kind of stuff that gives you a lot of beneficial value later. And there's guides on all of these. What's great about all of these services like Ahrefs, I forget what the other really popular one is. SEM Rush, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Is, is they have just super extensive blogs about every topic under the sun related to SEO. None of this is new. It's all straightforward. Everyone's doing the same stuff. It's not like there's no crazy tips or tricks that are going to be really helpful. It's just doing the work. And so you can really dig in there and, and, uh, and use the assets that they give you to succeed. It's purely just a matter of putting in the work. Yeah. On on and this, I think, real quick. Oh, sorry, go for it. Go for it. No, real quick before we move on, I think that 
one of the biggest, I know we kind of are past like buying said asset, but one of the biggest things that I would look for is established organic SEO. And that's less about the long tail, but uh, there are, you know, there are sites and domains that you can buy with authority that you, uh, you know, can't just go buy, I guess, uh, in, in, unless it is that particular one. I was looking a while ago at a, a model car site. This is a 25 year old domain. Like you go dominate in any, any keyword that you want to in that space. And again, outside of like that particular site, that's not something you can just go, just go buy overnight. To me, like organic SEO is a huge indicator on anything like this. Yeah. And, and I, I think to, 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 to sum this up, I think, and it'll be a good transition is that, and we'll do, I think we'll definitely do a pod that's a deep dive into SEO and we'll bring someone, cause I think all three of us are sort of media or I'm a mediocre SEO. I've ranked a ton of stuff, but I'm not like a, this is not what I do for a living, just SEO. It's be interesting to get like a God level. really just Sa- same, <laughs> Sorry. same here. <laughs> but Orin's a God level SEO. Um, not for no, but I was, what I was going to say is that like, just to, to sum it up before we transition, is that SEO is really, when it comes down to it, there's all these different strategies and different ways to do it, but when it comes down to it, it's two things. It's link building and it's content, right? And so those are the two things that are important for SEO. And so in another pod, we'll go deep into those, but as we talked about, the SEO stuff is a little bit slower of a grind, a longer of a grind and more difficult. And so when we look at sort of what are the growth levers in terms of an asset post-purchase, but if some of the, the quicker ones are, are, are paid ads, right? And so that's, I know all of us have some experience in that space as well. And the problem, you know, the paid ads are great because you can get immediate results, but it also means that you're like running, you're spending money, <laughs> right? As opposed to doing something yeah. for free. And so that's, uh, that's when you can find the right fire to pour gasoline on, it's beautiful. But uh, when when so how would you test that right away? So if I'm someone uh, if I'm someone who comes into a new website and I say, hey, I'm selling a widget or I'm or I'm selling a service or whatever it is, and I want to test running some ads, where would you start? I mean, the one thing I would say is the the first the first thing that I would think about is if you are have ads on your site, if your monetization of your website is through ads like Google AdSense or something like that, or Amazon Associates, I would just stay as far away from paid ads as possible. In fact, I would push everyone that is interested in affiliate commissions, like running paid traffic to affiliate offers, if you're great at it, can be really profitable, but is really, really, really tough. And I would say for most people, I would just immediately throw that that option out the door. Um, and the, for those who are great at it, I know people make phenomenal livings in that world. That's how I cut my teeth in this industry. But if, if you're not, it's a scary, scary world. So I would say that the places, the way to break it down is there is um, paid search, which is really fantastic because it's just there's real intense behind it. You get to literally place an ad in front of someone that has asked a question looking for something, i.e. meaning someone says, you know, uh, where can I eat? What's a good Chinese restaurant in West Hollywood? You can be a Chinese food restaurant in West Hollywood and place an ad directly in front of this person's face. And so there's a real buyer intent or commercial intent, search intent that is there. And so probably has a pretty high conversion, but you probably pay more per click. And then the next section will probably be paid social. And so that's more disruptive content, right? So you want to be getting someone to stop whether they're scrolling through Instagram or Facebook or TikTok or Twitter and get them to, to go into an ad. And then there's display advertising. And that's when you're on a website and you see like a banner 
and uh, and that programmatic display we talk about a lot. And then I'm trying to think if there's anything I'm sort of missing. I'm sure there's a ton of others, like, but those are sort of the main buckets I would think about are display, paid search, and paid social. I mean, there's for sure others, but um, you get pop-unders, you could have PPV, so pay-per-view, but that's the three buckets I would think of. What are you guys thoughts? I got a, missing there maybe? I got a, I got a free game alert on Please. this. So obviously the you know keywords with buy intent, like you just mentioned, James. So like literally like best or or you know buy frisbee online, right? V- rather than frisbee, much more valuable. Um, but uh, I just also want to throw in the mix here. And this is something that I have a little bit of experience with very recently with my wife's business uh, with Glowless is. Uh, my wife's business so obviously buy intent keywords are huge but something i'm seeing there is like solution oriented keywords so this is a patch for people that experience a problem when they drink right and so you have people searching about in this case so asian glow people looking for asian glow not a great converter okay you have people looking for asian glow cure or stop asian glow or or things in this realm which are really like those are not buy intent but they, they are uh, solution oriented. And so presenting them with a solution, uh, she's seeing like really good conversion rates around that as well, which I have less experience with, with, uh, with that kind of play on the keywords, I guess. That's a, that's a new one for me. So free game alert, let's go. Also to go, to go with that is that I think that a lot of people end up bidding on, so you can be bidding on, um, I'm drawing a real blank here, I apologize. But to sum up that, first of all, the pay, the paid traffic is going to be good for if you own the backend product, right? There's enough margin for you to make money on paying for traffic to go to that. But people will bid on, um, I can't remember the name of it, but like Glowless, for example, people will bid on just on Glowless, right? On the term Glowless. So you also want to be searching, you want to be bidding on the search term for the name of the business, right? And then people will be bidding on, is Glowless a scam? Right, and so competitors will bid on those on those terms, right? And so you end up bidding against yeah. your competitors, right? And so then you then you want to think about how you know what is the what does the ad actually say when someone searches Glowless is is, is Glowless a scam, right? And then if Glowless is bidding on that, is what page are they going to after they click through to that, right? Um, but it's just uh, there's there's a ton of I, I, it's not called trademark, but there's there's a there, there's ways that you can make it so that you can't actually called, have yeah, like is it yeah exactly. Yeah, it was also there. Yeah, you you can you can enforce things on 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 your particular name if they use it, but it's a it's like whack a mole, right? Yeah, yeah, you're just gonna exactly. keep trying and trying and see if you can get there. Yeah, exactly. Uh, something else worth worth mentioning when you first hop into these two, if you say you do want to run ads, is you have to basically define what someone is worth to you. What is a conversion worth to you? And there's and this goes into average transaction value and and then uh, lifetime uh, customer value, so uh, ATV and LCV. Uh, for, for like better terms. Uh, but basically, so your average conversion is just what, what someone averagely buys on your site when you take it over. So if you're selling a dog frisbee and you people usually buy one, you're getting $14 per, then you're saying, okay, cool. This is, this sale is worth $14 for me. But then you actually subtract things like your margin and your cost and say, okay, what's my profit on this? And then that's where you want to be trying to create a sale in if you're going for just your average transaction. But the better metric to look at is how much are they worth over time? If you're selling something and no one ever comes back, then it may not be worth as much. But if that's what you're trying to change with your website, and you're saying, hey, I'm actually trying to make it so these people buy from us two or three or four times, that becomes a metric that you can then use when you determine how much you want to spend on ads. And if you have a robust built-out business, you know exactly. You say, hey, over the course of a year, we expect people to buy three times. The average transaction value is $60. 
towards 180 to us, 40% gross profit or whatever it is. And now we're, yeah, and now we're able to say, hey, everyone's worth $73 to us. We have that much to spend. Those are the kind of metrics you should look for before running ads. And you can look at platforms that work accordingly. And to give kind of a quick stack rank of that, like Facebook, Instagram is all over the place in terms of where you can get someone to convert uh, for. And it fluctuates really massively kind of in recent days, but it's kind of the most expensive. Google is sort of like the second most expensive in terms of what those clicks cost, unless you're like really deep in B2B stuff, and then it's probably more. And then TikTok is by far the cheapest. Then you have display networks, which is just running ads on various websites that you pay for uh, at, at certain cost levels. And those you really have to be diving into the data on a site by site or buy, 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 uh, buy, B-U-I, buy, B-Y, buy, B-U-Y <laughs> basis to understand what that really looks like. Uh, and then one I think is really underrated is YouTube, where it's a decent cost per, but uh, you can see really heavy, you can get like exact search terms and you can get search intent and search intent is basically like it knows what people are looking for, whether they're searching for it or not. Um, there's a lot of those kind of really interesting things that you can do to, to choose where your ad suggestions are. Uh, any other tips on, on getting started or evaluating, you know, getting Orin, ads inside of a business? Orin, I know you've been diving in. Well, I guess you haven't been diving in on TikTok ads so much as TikTok. No, just yeah, TikTok itself. Right. Yeah. We'll but we that. have, we'll but we are, one. well, we've run some. So basically we have been, uh, we've been um, having our, uh, one of our, We've been basically doing white labeled ads, right? So we're basically we're able to advertise through somebody else for some, for something, and it's part of a shared partner for a company I'm I work with with distribution through like a like a women's fashion channel, and so uh, and it, it's a, it's like twenty percent of the cost of a conversion of Facebook and Instagram. It's it's yeah. really really really. Good. I've heard some people tell me recently that these. Uh, that they were paying like, you know, one tenth, you know, for, you know, the conversion cost through TikTok versus Facebook. Um, what I think but you have to have good creative. That's the number one thing is it has to be like actual native TikTok creative. Because I keep working with these brands. We're talking to these brands who are like, we need to do this branded stuff and needs to look right. perfect. And I'm just like, ah, you really just, can we just use this user generated content that is like, that's kind of funny, you know, like that, that's what works. Nah. You know, what was yeah, something I saw TikTok. people touching on recently on Twitter, which is really interesting because UGC, right? If anyone ever sees the term UGC, that's what Orange referring to, referring to when it says user generated content. The best ads I've run in the past couple of years have almost all been UGC, right? And you used to make them platform native. So when meaning if it's a TikTok uh, ad, it looks like it was filmed on TikTok, like like a natural uh, like post on TikTok. Same with Instagram or same with Twitter, right? Um, but what's really interesting about this is <clears throat> I saw people talking about starting to see what we call ad, ad fatigue with UGC ads, right? So because UGC is a pretty new concept, the idea that these ads would be sort of look really native. And so what happens when all of a sudden generate like sort of en masse across everyone, we become sort of desensitized to this concept of UGC. And now we start to feel like, oh, this feels too, this feels fake to us. We can start recognizing UGC is totally fake. And so what becomes the next thing? And I don't know what it is, but it was really, it just clicked for me. Like there is going to reach a point. I'm sure UGC will always work. It's on some level, but we're going to see this die down a bit, right? Because it's been so hammered hammered aggressively from advertisers. Um, you know, we yeah, it's were always, running- It's always a cycle, but I don't know. I just have this hard time imagining, am I ever going to buy something from a super polished advert again versus someone whose like, opinion you trust being like, I like this thing, you know, or, well, or all of them are going to play a part in this process. And I guess we'll see, sure. but I think UGC is here to stay. I think it's here to stay, but I think what we're noted, what we're seeing is you have performance marketers, which is what I always called myself. Now people are starting to say they're brand marketers again, right? And this has a lot to do with sort of- uh, 
with uh, pixel well, tracking. a lot with iOS 14, putting, yeah, yeah. Exactly, putting in the tracking. So you have <laughs> yeah, to be like, well, we have, we have to create it that works. Yeah. Yeah. And so how do you create this? And so to, to be clear for everyone listening, and I think, by the way, you guys, I think we'll probably just, you know, not even go deep into monetization on this because I think we could just stick in sort of driving traffic with, with this pod here. But is, uh, you know, performance marketers being people that specifically when they run ads, try and have a specific ad performance, i.e. I put in a dollar, what do I get back out of it? Versus old school madmen, like we're creating advertisements that connote a feeling and over time people want to want to buy from, right? And building brand and brand equity where people come back again and again later and later. Um, and so with some Apple updates, uh, uh, Apple updates that happened last year with iOS 14, they started blocking Facebook's tracking pixel. I can tell you we had a hearing aid brand and they really, really started crushing our ad performance, uh, made things much more difficult for us. So Apple is now question. making it so they, yeah, please. Let me dive in to cut you off here. Did it crush your ad performance or did it crush your ability to instantly measure that ad performance? So a little bit of a mix of the two. So this actually will bring us back to something that Oren spoke about earlier about spending money up front to, to convert later on, right? And so what I will say is that we were a single SKU. I mean, we had a couple different, we had three SKUs really, but we were, think of us as a single SKU company. I sell you one hearing aid, that's it. I solve your problem. You can never come back to me again, right? So there's no LTV, there's no lifetime value for you, right? So um, it was really hard for us. We have to be performance marketers because I have to be able to be profitable, we call on the front end with that with that product, right? And really that was kudos to, to my partner Peter on that and the whole teams that ran all that. And Oren mentioned something about sort of looking at margins. And one thing I think people forget about very often when they look at margins is what happens when you have increased OpEx, i.e. when you hire agencies or hire people to run those ads for you, right? So if you are selling a product that costs you $20 and you sell it for $100, you might think I can spend $80 to acquire this customer. And you would be right if you're doing every single job yourself. But what happens when you hire someone to run those ads for you? What happens when you hire an agency to run those ads for you? I mean, we were paying like $8,000, between five and $8,000 monthly base retainers plus percentage of ad spend or bonus on ROAS to run ads. We're running $7,000 of ads a day, right? Running, you know, 200 plus thousand dollars a month. So everyone has to be compensated correctly. But I can tell you that drastically changes your margins. And I think that's something people need to be cognizant of. And so another term that isn't used so often these days, but I used to hear a lot was called uh, uh, self-liquidating. And i.e. what that meant was you were looking to have a front-end product that you could become, you wanted to break even on, on making money when you sold that product with ads. So self-liquidating. And you didn't worry about getting profitable until much later on on the back end. And so for most of what I think is really interesting, and not to get too meta here, and I don't mean meta like Facebook, but what I think is really interesting is that because capital markets have been so so hot and frothy, so much money has gone into these venture-backed DTC brands. So these venture-backed DTC brands can lose money acquiring customers because they know that their only mandate is growth, and they're going to raise more money and more money again. And so as that happens, all the CPMs cost per meal or, or, or what you pay for every thousand views or CPCs cost per click rise because it's a marketplace, right? And so there's not as much uh, inventory and there's much more demand, which means that for people like us that were not venture backed, it becomes much more difficult to run ads. They want to have everyone, businesses. 
Yeah, yeah. We are trying to compete against people that are happy to lose money acquiring customers, right? Like without even necessarily, maybe on a pro forma, they know what their customers hypothetically worth in 10 or 20 years, but no one actually knows yet, right? Because the businesses haven't been around for that long yet. So anyway, that was a little bit of a rant of mine, sort of anti-venture backed, you know. Yeah, no, no, that's also, it's a super relevant point because you have to look at, there's not just what you're willing to spend, it's what you're competing against. And if you're competing against someone, look, we're inside of this, or like Colin is particularly inside of this, inside the inside cannabis delivery most cannabis delivery companies say hey we are worth more uh for our size of our customer list and they choose not to be profitable in any way shape and form and to try and run a profitable business to compete with that is kind of ridiculous and you have to really look at okay well what can we achieve within the parameters of having to compete with that how do we kind of be savvier and how do you carve out your own niche within it that's the example of a lot of industries and you know if you want to like look at the prime example of that that we all see in our lives is it used to cost me like nine dollars to take an uber across la like eight years ago and you'd be like wow this is surprisingly cheap and now it's like 40 and you're like oh and that's because it's no longer being subsidized by like the uae you know or whatever whoever was doing in saudi arabia well to go with that there's a great dan kennedy quote and everyone who's listening if you don't know dan kennedy's like the og copywriter marketer like like way prior to Russell Brunson. Anyway, there's a great Dan Kennedy quote. Our Lord and Savior. Yeah, (laughs) our Lord and Russell Russell Brunson. Um, And I do believe, I think it is uh, the company that can spend the most to acquire a customer wins. And that's really, I think, sort of at its core, really pretty true, right? Because, and to that point, this really means that you should really be understanding, let's try and pull this into post-purchase of a business. If you buy an online business, if you buy a digital asset, is understanding what a customer is worth to you and then making that customer worth as much as possible to you by adding extra products to sell them, by charging them more, you know? Like, like dive in before you buy extra products. It's just what are you charging for the service now? Because I actually think a big opportunity when you're buying online businesses is to look at it and say, are they charging the right amount? Could this be a more premium product? If you had some better branding, you had some better packaging, you just changed one or two things. Could you command a significant premium? Because that's where the alpha is. The alpha is saying they sell this thing for $26 today. But if I had a much nicer box and we had a sleeker brand, I could sell it for 80 or vice or and, 800 and whatever outside that is. Yeah. Of, outside of overhauling the packaging or maybe tweaking the product, also just A-B testing the price just itself. Charging more. Right? Just like, charge more. Always charge. Right, yeah, exactly. always. Because always, then you have that room to, to, to go back to James's point of like, all right, so now I have, if I can spend the most to acquire that customer, surely because of the fact I have more margin, then why wouldn't I be able to win? Right. And, uh, and that's interesting. And, and, and I dabble a lot in really high end luxury goods, especially for the things I've run Facebook ads for before. And that's where it's great. Where like, I don't know, I, I have funnels running on $12,000 products. And I genuinely don't care what the cost of customer acquisition is because guess what? It's a 20, you know, the, the margin is guaranteed more than even an acquisition is a thousand dollars. Like don't care. <laughs> yeah. And funnels like that are like, how do you find more target audiences? Not, you know, how do you, uh, like you know, optimize your the, creative, yeah. you know? To, to go with that, I'll say an act, a, a, a recent story I had, and I don't mind talking about it a bit now because it's fully done. And I hope my old partner Peter doesn't isn't upset by this. But with the hearing sorry, aid company, Pete. sorry, man, no, we should get him on sometime. He's he's like a monster of an operator and a great entrepreneur. But with the old hearing aid company, he was when I first came to him, um, we became connected because he originally hired me as a consultant. And we did this like whole like multi-hour breakdown of like looking at like funnels and conversion rates and where we could pull these triggers and stuff. And then the very end of it, in like the last 10 minutes, it was like, we were just looking at like P&Ls. And then I was just like, man, I think you could just charge a lot more for this. 
I think you could just charge more money. And he literally popped up the price a hundred dollars and all of a sudden went from doing like fifty thousand a month to the next month doing two hundred and fifty thousand. Like it was really just wild, like how it just supported like everything so much more to be able to do that. So like that's a really tangible, completely real experience from a business we just sold. Like like it's it's just the truth. And the really interesting thing too, and I'd like to try and find a chart to show people at some point, is the largest drop-off in conversion rate is gonna happen between zero dollars and one penny. So what I mean by that is getting someone to actually take their credit card out and enter it in is going to, you're going to see the largest drop in conversion rates. And as you raise the price, it's not going to be linear that drop. It, you know, going from zero That's to an one penny, point. Yeah, yeah, is massive. But going from one penny to two penny is not the same amount of drop off. Right. And so that that's happens extra now there reaches a point where it'll cross and it becomes not worth it to keep raising price because it conversion rate will drop so much. But you want to find that beautiful cross point where the price can be raised and the conversion rate doesn't drop too much. And that's that sweet spot. That's that Goldilocks spot, if you will, right? Not too hot, not too cold. And, and it's tough to find. But yeah. Pricing is something where opinions don't matter, right? Like if you have not A B tested this, you do not know what's best. And so if you are picking up something new or, or picking up an old project, the one, that's I think probably one of the first things you should do is A/B test both pricing, but but a lot of things in general, uh, CTAs on your email signups, all these things, right? Because uh, it's just I don't know. Opinions do not matter in a lot of this stuff, and you do not know the truth unless you can can test for it and, and find it. I think that with paid ads, you need to in every regard drop your ego. And you need to just be like a like a whore to data, for lack of a better term, right? You need to just be very comfortable that the data dictates everything and that you could be completely wrong with whatever you think is right or wrong. And I've had it, seen it happen a hundred times that what I thought was going to be right was completely, completely wrong. And that often you just, you got you to gotta listen to sort of what's being told to you by the data and, and follow it from there. But I think that sort of goes deep into, into paid. And that's another one, another pod we could do fully under paid traffic. Um, I think to sum it up, there's a couple different ways to run it, a couple different channels of paid, but the reality is it doesn't really make sense to run paid traffic unless you have enough margin and a high enough ticket or high enough cost sale, you know, uh, uh, to, to run paid traffic to it. Um, I don't even know if it's even worth going into the other sort of growth levers we have written down here, because I feel like those are whole, you know, we're almost 40 minutes in. I don't know if it, it's, if it makes sense to talk about them. They may not fit, but we can. Um, Social is just another yeah, one. <laughs> yeah, I think so. so I mean, if we're, if we're hitting that, if we don't, we can save monetization for a future pod. Um, and, you know, look, obviously build, building in public right here. You know, this is, uh, <laughs> you know, you, you can see the pod come together as we talk. But I think other levers which you can immediately say, hey, we want to add something on. So I'm giving the quick social intro. Like that's basically as simple as saying like, does this website or product even have a social media presence or does it have too much of a social media presence? And what do you want to add? And the biggest one, going back to what I mentioned before, I think that people leave on the table is YouTube because it's just as much of a search platform as anything else. If you buy a website and you have a bunch of content on there, it's as simple as saying, what are my top performing pages? What are my top performing products? Can I put a couple simple videos online that I embed in my pages to help my conversion rate? And that also are going to be helpful when people actually search for it on YouTube or kind of doing whether it's branded or category-based search. So that's one I do highly recommend. Like every business should be kind of engaging in, in video to that aspect. But then the other ones really depend particularly on what on what business you're in. And then uh, yeah, anything that is consumer goods, like getting it on TikTok as fast as possible. So real quick, I mean, on the topic of social here, something I think that is probably, James, you could correct me if I'm wrong, but I just bought a website. I just bought a digital asset, happens to be a website, and I want to turn it up. Social is a great place to go and you can start from zero or you can run the same playbook and go buy another digital asset that happens to be a social media account 
rather than monetizing yeah. that independently, let's turn that into a traffic source for for said website and and crank it up. That's one of my favorite like like traffic sources on this so, kind of stuff. I'm looking for a basketball based Twitter account right now. If anybody if anybody has one, let me know. I know some basketball based Twitter accounts. <laughs> yeah, I want to buy one though. <laughs> well, I'll tell you, I actually today on the plane flying back from um, New York to LA was sort of buying shout outs because you guys know we've talked about a couple times I bought this dog frisbee right. website and so I started buying shout outs from dog accounts on Instagram to sort of test how much traffic I could send and not even just like for the to, to sell shout outs from the page which by the way you could do to your point right you could just monetize in that regard right. but test sending traffic to my dog frisbee site right and so the first page I bought I think I only got or I bought it yesterday the, the shout out I think I only got four clicks wasn't worth it the one I did today I think was like 22 I'd have to check the analytics but all of a sudden 22 doesn't sound so interesting but if I can sell if I can send 22 clicks a day Right, you know, like, and 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 all of a sudden, and again, the dog frisbee say we're talking about tiny numbers here, right? So it makes a difference. It made sixteen dollars in the past thirty days, right? Yo, so, could, yeah, can yeah, we please, get you please. another another use case that's like a little bit less tiny? It's so dope, just bring up dog <laughs> frisbee. Be like, look, so, you would have a dog frisbee. You know what the best part we're is, a, we're up four hundred percent. Look, it, it is it is a, the first brick of a puppy consumer goods. Titan, a behemoth. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. You know what I'm exactly. saying? This is just brick one of what will eventually so be a I'll Leviathan buy of puppy another one. I'll probably buy like a another one more like the 5K range, somewhere like like $100, $200 a month. Yo, let's, 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 let's just go one together and build it in public. You know what I'm but, saying? Well, well, you know, or just to bring Rico mode back. I'm pretty confident that with this with the next three months of this dog Frisbee site, I'm going to make it worth like three or four grand from five hundred, four or $500. And so, like, and I think that the the reason that I'm really interested in that is to sort of just like my my whole thesis of what I try and like my whole shtick online is that like everything that you see these big value added PE firms do and investment banks do can be applied to these micro businesses. And I don't mean just like you got to spend 100k or 50k or or 30k or 10k. Like, granted, the juice might not be so worth the squeeze at 500 bucks, but that hypothetically we can figure out how to acquire these tiny things. And anyone can do this. So that's sort of where I went with this. Now, with that said, I do find myself on a plane today editing a do- an article about how to build concrete potties for dogs outside your home. <laughs> and, <laughs> I love it. Love you know, it. And and I, wonder, like, how well, I, I can't believe that but, I am doing this for what is ostensibly like three to, cents an well, hour to, to, right to your point about the, the private equity portion of this, and this is something we talked about in the initial pod about acquiring digital assets, is if you do have, you have a website or if you have bought a website as part of an asset, you should also be buying the social media accounts that go with it. You can go on ThameSwap or wherever you want to go. Get your Instagram accounts. See if there's Twitter accounts for sale. There's a gray area on the legality of it, but like go buy some of those assets that go with it. I think that's one of the biggest ones. And then what I find in a lot of businesses we look at and things that we look at to purchase is is two things. One, if they do have social media, it might not even be listed on the site, or it certainly may not be in like all their email footers or called out in email automation. And the second thing is like I think uh, I don't want to like lump email in with social media because email is so powerful and important, but that is something that everyone is needs to be focusing on like first thing when you put on your site. I remember Colin and I having the conversation about this when he was like, Do I really have to put Clavio in the site right away? And I'm like, yes, you need to put it in fucking immediately. You know, uh, because really it's just like, are, are we popping up on every visitor? Have they not been popping up for the last few years? Whether you're getting a hundred people a day or 10,000 yeah. people a day, it's like, yeah. if you're getting yeah, those subscribers in there and then is there an actual email signup like on every single page? Like, and is there a call to action that's great? And like, that is number one, because then if you have, if you're trying to build your social media, you're building with email subscribers, you're trying to drive sales, you're building with email subscribers. And that's something that if you look at a site and you say, 
they are not optimized for getting email signups. That is a massive degree of alpha. And especially if you end up, if you are looking at this like a private equity firm, you're doing 10 projects and you have any number of the great email marketing folks that there are out there, especially through Twitter. Like obviously there's there's Chase Demond, who's kind of made, become somewhat famous off of it. Uh, there's our guy Maximo, who's like a copywriter for, for those brands. There's tons of people who can help you with email marketing. If you have a good firm like that and you just apply that to your businesses, that's a thesis in itself that you can make tons and tons and tons and tons of money on just by saying this, these businesses are all missing this one thing that drives like 33% of a good business's revenue. Yeah. I mean, it, 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 yeah. I think also you can do it. No, no, no. I mean, I think that like, that's the trick here really is that like all these, whether we're talking about SEO or social or any of these is like what, when you first buy one of these, forget even the long-term plan of growth, right? It's just like, what are just the mate? What are like the small missing little pieces? Right, that you can sort of fix and 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 clean up, because there's 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 bound to be some, and I can tell you that from my experience is that anything under, I don't know, a couple hundred grand, there's definitely like little mistakes, right? Like if someone's making a thousand dollars a month, there are things where people just have not put in the effort to tweak everything to its maximum maximum potential because they don't think the juice is worth the squeeze. Um, you know, I saw a really I think, interesting. I think you. Please go. go you're uh, you're you're obviously the guy on this, but I think you're really right in that. Like anything anything under six figures is gonna probably have tons of, of low hanging fruit on this front. Yeah, and right? and the thing is, it's like you find five things that make a three percent difference, and you made a fifteen percent difference to revenue. And if something sells for three times the yearly net revenue, you just get captured forty five percent of the value of the website, right? With those five yeah. things to three percent difference, yeah. and that's where I think. That, pe- that doesn't click for most people. And that's sort of magical, right? I think that's, and if you do it at scale, whatever, you find two things that make a 2% difference, right? And that's and that's 4%. And on a 3X, you're looking at 12% of the value of your purchase price, right? And if you use leverage, all of a sudden, that might be 50% of the money you put up, right? Um, so it's just, there's just so much opportunity. It's, it's, it's more than just one pod's worth. You know, so it's, it's, it's alpha, it's the entire season's worth of alpha. You know that this being this being brought to you on this pod. This is good. I feel like this is all valuable stuff. It's just hella serious. You know what I mean? Like this is just like we keep getting so we, we keep getting feedback that like so. F- first of all, let me rewind. People are actually listening to this now. So to all of you guys telling us that you missed the old thing, I appreciate you, yeah. but you're wrong. Yeah, we missed the old thing too. <laughs> yeah, ne- never listen again. Yeah. Fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> no, we just gotta like figure out how to make this more because I think that the I think this is more interesting and shareable, but we gotta figure out how to make this more in terms of the building in public, right? Like take the feedback from people and figure out how to make it more fun for because obviously people get that. You, I'm sure everyone listening that's been listening from the beginning can tell that the three of us have less fun <laughs> doing this version of the pod than the old version of the pod, right? It'd be pretty yeah, I don't know the alpha's there. That's why I think the dog frisbee is critical to the success of the pod yeah, it's just because yeah, like true. it really that's is fair. one of those things that we can all rally around <laughs> yeah. as a uh, as a that's cornerstone true. that's true <laughs> simple, I, simple stuff i don't know there's probably more laughing with the old version but uh yeah, but I, I like, there, there's no I like there's no fun doing. in alpha brothers you know what i'm saying there's there's just <laughs> getting, you know, getting to these stacks you know what i mean like yeah. 100 million dollar offers you know what i mean this is this is purple book territory now I mean, i'm on no no jokes purple here. book yeah, yeah, i'm on swapped right now Hermosi making jokes on tiktok it's just straight Yo, business you know i'm on swapped right now making offers on twitter accounts right Boom. now yeah, dude. I don't think you you probably shouldn't say that for legal purposes, just because there is a gray area on the old uh, terms of service. But so, uh, Colin, what Colin meant, brother, is, brother, I've been selling weed for for way too long to be worried about a Twitter <laughs> account. Brother, you're also banned from U.S. Bank, and as your brother, I must look out for your best interests. <laughs> yeah. You know what I will say to go along with that is you, and you guys know this, 
And for all you listeners who don't know this, I just flew 3,000 miles to go write a six-figure check to someone that, by the way, I didn't know. And kudos to him. He listens to this pod. He listens to this pod. I know he does. And I know he does. Hold one new one. Which one do you like better? Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, James, another check, brother. Uh, And and, uh, (laughs) I thought he was 18, 19 when I flew out there. Found out when I in when in that hotel room, homeboy's seventeen 14. years old. So no, seventeen Love years old, though, right? Man, seventeen yeah. years old. Go listen and to this pod. One point three million <laughs> still followers. Still listen to this pod, bro. Go, yo, um, go live your lives. You know what I mean, social media like network, right? So a bunch of Instagram accounts, a couple of TikToks, um, a YouTube account. Shout out Shane. I'll say your, your name. Shout out Shane. Kudos. You're meeting to you, a seventeen year old in a hotel room, brother. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say, like, I was gonna say, Colin might not be the one that he's protecting from a legality perspective. Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah, and he's doing that to sell him some digital assets. He brought a lawyer with him who was an adult. But um, oh, anyway, good. he's that's the good. man. That's anyway, he's the man. But my point that's is, like, the point. You don't need, doesn't matter what the age is, what the background I won't, is. But I won't even like go into the full details because like a bunch of NDAs and stuff around it. But think way, way, way bigger than. Me talking about dog frisbee sites. I'm talking about like, you know, that those accounts cat are going to be used for something. <laughs> cat food websites, dog <laughs> kitty litter websites. You know? Tam is just is just, Gold, uh, yeah. goldfish goldfish supplement. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Point is, they're going to go towards something much bigger as well, right? They're going to be part of something much bigger as well. So there's a there's a just infinite opportunity here. Yeah, um, when when, when we buy when we pe Banfield. You know what I'm saying? That uh, anyone no, dog jokes? No, I was like, I don't. It's almost as good as men's men's warehouse. Yo, Bill, yo, Bill, Bill from Twitter from our from that Twitter yeah, group yeah. that we we're in, James. Uh, he has a big pet food brand. I know he does. It, He's it's a G like, man. Yeah, it was all e-com based until like I think a couple months ago he went into wholesale and it is booming. Yo, wholesale yeah. in that industry is absolutely smashing uncontrollably. Bro, what's the LTV on a what's the LTV on a on like <laughs> on a, a rot, on, well, on a like Rottweiler? Like, hey, you you have to eat this food or your dog's gonna like diarrhea yeah. multiple fucking times. Yeah. And so you're like, yeah, I'm gonna, yeah. I'm gonna eat this food. You know? Like, yeah. Bill's the man. Actually, yeah. when I when I had started Common Commerce and we bought. Blue Angels, and we were like trying to like look at bu- buying up a bunch of econ brands. I got on the phone with Bill because Bill owns like a like a cool hold co that owns like five or six DTC brands. Um, yeah. One of them What's being a, that, that okay, that cool dog. hold yo, co let's get, versus yeah. uncool hold co. Is that just like a branding? Yeah, thing? Yeah. I just I think it's yo. cool. Actually, I don't even think yo, it's let's cool. Get, I don't think it's like cool. Like I think it's cool because it's like just a bunch of because you got these longer brands. Yeah. You want to get Bill on? Let's here? get yeah, let's get Bill on the pod. Let's get Bill on the pod. Bill's got a pod with Girdley, no. Does he? Doesn't he have the bills? acquired a non? Oh, Isn't like the undercover, like yeah, undercover acquisitions or acquired non? Yeah. This is the problem: is uh, is too many pots. Yeah, you know. Yeah, that's that, that, that's really that's what my wife tells me every Sunday when we're sitting down to record this. She's like, "There's too many pods out there." Kelsey, the if this could flooded. be us live on TikTok, just selling products off the off the live live sales, I would prefer that too. But that's not where we're at. <laughs> Yo, and yeah, quick, if you were listening to this anonymous. pod, then you might know we could be having this real conversation quick. hard to heart right. Can can we talk about the the joke I made to my wife after she she posted how proud of how proud of me she was about the South by Southwest talk, and she told me she told me when we got done with it it was a nine out of ten and I was like which coming from from Kelsey is like saying that yeah you know Colin's an astronaut essentially yeah so I plugged I plugged the pod Builders Build on available on Spotify and iTunes you did yeah no 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 to my wife. Who said you did a my my no 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 <laughs> I'm 
mean. I was so pumped. I'm not saying I'm I was not saying just I didn't. so hyped. <laughs> no, my my wife, I get done and she was like, that was really good. You did a really good job. And I was like, oh, thanks, I, I have a that. podcast. You should check it out. And, <laughs> yeah, and she, she said, listens. bye. Yeah, call me later. Like, I'm going she'll back to the hotel. Listen, dude. She'll never, <laughs> yeah. she'll never ever listen. But yeah. no, I would I would like to get a, I'm also, and now we're just, now we're just spiraling a little bit, but like it is, it is Acquisitions Anonymous. I would love to get Girdley on here too, because he's the king of chili. I like Girdley. Right? Yeah. And he's just crushing Twitter right now. Yeah. Look, if we want to do a circuit of, of, uh, white men interviewing other white men who also have podcasts (laughs) about business, then like, yeah, that's the, that's the layup. You know I mean? It's just the way this goes. God, I, I wish, I wish it wasn't. I wish I just, I just, what I find is like whenever, whenever you point that out, I'm like, God, Orin is so right. Orin is so right. And it doesn't change the fact that like, I just don't have this network that's, you know, it doesn't change the fact that we're going to do it. It It just, it just is (laughs) what it is. It is what it is. It's just every, just when you do it, it's just, it's just recognizing that it's painful and how wrong it is, is the beginning of the, uh, first step, step one. (laughs) Yo, yo, just, just real quick. Bill's, Bill's brand is natural dog company. Uh, you're not buying that natural dog code, that grass fed, you know what I mean? This you know, or, organic food for your dog. You're probably killing your dog. So <laughs> use the code talk at, yeah. Yo, you know yo, yo I'm on the site. This skin, I think this skin and coat supplement, I think I, I had this for my, for my guy. This like his brand, I think. That's <laughs> crazy. You know what I love about hair this? Back when I was balding. What I love about this is that like, and kudos to Bill here because I mean, obviously he acquired it too, right? As opposed to building it from scratch. But like, if you had showed me this, I, I would just be like, oh, what's this simple natural dog company? It's just such a, it's such a broad, vague thing. And they're probably doing like 25, 30, $40 million a year in, in, in natural dog treats. He's like, right? he's like, hell yeah, it's broad and vague. Yeah. <laughs> what is this? Yeah. Dog food. What do you, you think? Know, but look, they're the perfect candidate for buying digital assets. James has 40 to 50 pet related social media accounts. He's got an eye on the brokerage of, you know, with or without some underage dog owners involved yeah. uh, at any time. Yeah. Oh man. Was well, that a good, is that a good wrap up for, for this pod? Un- unrelated. Yeah. What's the age of consent in Canada? Is that? Yeah, right. God, no, okay. but I did find an interesting thing out. So here's, check this out. And this is, I guess, to protect the, because the lawyer that was there was discussing it with us. If you're under 18, um, you have to, and you get over $25,000 in Canada in a single check. You have the an opportunity to have like it held with like a, a magistrate or something, and the point is because and it's to protect the kids from their parents just stealing their money, right? Like let's say you're like a child actor or something, right? And you just and you get like a million dollars, it can sit with that party. If I still had the millions I made pre eighteen, <laughs> <laughs> how much Mom, is King? Dad, how much you taking off King's forgive you. <laughs> money yeah. these days? Yeah, he's got his own checking account and all that. He's about to have his own P and L when he's not. <laughs> <laughs> I'm review it monthly. What's the P look like? I was just what money's he bringing in, bro. Yeah. <laughs> just straight yeah. L's at that age, dude. He's bringing cash out. Nah, nah, not even, bro. Yo, yo, we gotta keep. Uh, yo, we, we have as many of uh, the family members on payroll uh, for for four hundred one k self four hundred one k purposes as possible over here on this side. I love it. I love it. I love it. Um, yeah, let's take. Let's would you, save okay, monetization. Would you consider kids to be an asset? <laughs> well, it depends where. Where you're living, uh, and what? Right, and what yeah, I think, we, I think we've fully gone off the rails. We could do, uh, we, we we can do James explains. Actually, we, we already had a quasi James explains what happens to Colin. What else are we? Are we, are we floor checking? Are we uh, money Twitter cancel Hunger Games? You know where where are we at? Where are we at with that floor checking? Is I mean I don't I stopped checking my floor, dude. I, I, I'm, I'm, yeah, my yeah. NFTs. <laughs> I'm minting shit left and right. Yeah, but, uh, my no, NFTs no. did okay. so poorly. I stopped checking the floor. 
NFTs, you guys see Jake, Jake Champsidings? Jake Champs? Do you see his project? Yeah, yeah, you, you sent it, but would not yeah. see it otherwise. I'm gonna I'm gonna do a thread about this, but uh it's super dope. Basically, he was about to drop this project that was just like a photo project. Um all right, username is Jake Chams, Jake C H A M S. So Jake he's a God. guest uh, on my uh, previous podcast, the the more popular, but uh, oh, you know, really? less, less continuing. Uh, just oh, along. less yeah. continuing. <laughs> yeah. So so get this because I'm gonna do a thread about it, and I'm sure I'll plug it in, in a future episode. But uh, Jake is a concert photographer. He was about to drop an NFT project that was just a photo project, like a lot of the ones you've seen. And he's at a concert. Uh, what's the band he does? Can't remember. Panic, um, of Panic of the Disco. And he gets crushed by a forklift and almost dies. And and has spent like, uh, this has been like, I think, eight, 10 months since then. He spent this entire time like fighting for his life and doing rehab. And then on the computer and then developing this NFT project, he spent hours and hours and hours. He's done the entire thing. He did the smart contracts, everything. And it is now a photo-based NFT project that is super, super dope. It's got Instagram filters with augmented reality filters of the NFTs that have the original the original holder's name on them. Um, it like it's a whole thing. It's super dope. It's obviously got a royalty component. It is not your run of the mill photo NFT project. Let's go, thread, Jake. Thread coming soon. Sick crypto thread. Can't wait to retweet it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck you. Yeah. No worries. <laughs> for, for Jake, I, I, I will. Uh, Jake's like yeah. one of the nicest people I've ever I've ever talked to. I will support him. Jake's at, at infinitum, whatever he needs. Yeah, we're copping yeah. NFTs. I think they're like point three. Boom. All right. Perfect. All right. Whatever that. What, what else? Yeah, look, if you guys are looking for any specific alpha, you mean his in the DMs. Uh, you know what I mean? Uh, Jameson Camp available on retainer now. Natural <laughs> natural dog co. Use the code builders to get nothing off your order. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a. Uh, there we go. Stay rich, uh, my Twitter. Stay rich.